0: Now, today's episode is going to be a little bit different, so we'll come back to that in a minute. The other thing I was wanting to talk about, um, (laughs) do you know what it's like when you have a thought and then it gets completely turned upside down almost immediately? So, well, it was actually yesterday that I had the thought and then today it got turned upside down. The, The thought I had was about the geese and I was just thinking, oh, it's really good. The two pairs, they've settled. And they're doing quite well and the others haven't really bothered them at all. And then this morning, first thing, (laughs) there was another five geese that came in to land and they got chased off and then the other three, well, two of them landed. They scooped around and then they they came in. Eventually they came in. As soon as they landed on the lake, one pair went after them and they moved away to a different part of the lake, but the other two then came after them. So there's all this activity going on with geese chasing each other around the lake. The other three were flying and looped round and decided, uh, not sure we want to land here after all. And then they flew over again, and, but they carried on. So eventually, they did chase them out. So they were, <laughs> they were back to the two pairs. Um, and what are they up to? I have no idea. There's a nest and it's got an egg in it, at least one, because I got chased by the <laughs> by the goose the other day. Um, I had turned my back and it came after me. Um, I was being helpful I put a bit of hay down so that it could help build a nest for them I mean they built the nest and there was an egg in it but I thought it just you know they needed a bit of extra they weren't very impressed so yeah Uh, but why aren't they sitting on the nest? I don't know I don't know how this works and the other pair well they kind of I haven't been down there because I'm definitely going to get chased down there so yeah not quite sure there we go Primroses, Oh, some gorgeous pictures of primroses. I'll share. I'll share those on uh, be on the website. It isn't go- doesn't land in the show notes, but yeah, do check out the website for some spring pictures. And today's episode is actually a harking back to an early episode. In fact, the earliest episode. This is episode number one, and that was January two thousand and nineteen. Yes. Hard to believe. There we go. So it's over three years ago. And I'm probably saying exactly the same things. Uh, yeah, so hopefully you'll enjoy it. And it'll be a bit interesting just to see what it's like. And we'll see how... <laughs> Let me know what you think. That would be nice. I'd like like to hear what you think. And hopefully it is of interest. And hopefully useful too. But there we go. So thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoy and catch you again next week and next week we've got an interview with a lovely lady in america with a felting machine Mm. if i told you that there is an alpaca tribe would you want to be part of it the good news is that you probably already are over the years i've noticed that some people in particular get alpacas they connect more than other people Sure, everyone likes alpacas and their cute career, but for some people it goes deeper. I call it the alpaca gene, and if you have it, you're already part of the alpaca tribe, but just didn't know it. In recognition of this, we're creating an online gathering place where alpaca people can feel connected and that they belong. It will be for all things alpaca, so not just for owners and breeders, or people who run alpaca businesses, But for everyone who wants to be around others who are passionate about alpacas, those who are alpaca-mad, you know who you are. The aims of the alpaca tribe are firstly to promote healthy and happy alpacas. Secondly, to encourage confident, fulfilled owners. Thirdly, to help people achieve sustainable alpaca businesses. Fourthly, to help people use the fleece they harvest from the animals. Fifthly, to provide a place for alpaca enthusiasts to feel at home. For people with only a few alpacas, it's easy to feel isolated and unsure how to improve your care for your alpacas and get the kind of satisfaction you hoped for when you first started. We'll be sharing ideas, tips and suggestions for you through this podcast and we'll be interviewing people from a wide range of alpaca-related areas. We aim to be entertaining entertaining and share knowledge that will be useful and make you think. Let us know if we can cover something you particularly need. I thought it might be useful to introduce myself and tell you a bit about what we've been doing here in Wales with Welsh Valley Alpacas, and talk a bit about what the podcast is going to be about. In this episode, there will be a bit of a collection of firsts. First meeting, first arrivals, first farm open days, first shearing, first career births, and first losses. But before getting to those, I wanted to talk about me. Originally a Northerner, we now live in South Wales. I studied biological science, or bio, in Norwich at the University of East Anglia. After graduating, I ended up as an environmental health officer, working in London. In 2006, we moved to Wales with my wife's job, and somehow ended up buying a valley. We have 40 acres with woodland and a lake. It was a Victorian reservoir, and is something of a long, thin ribbon of land, not all of which can be used for grazing. It's a good job that alpacas don't mind sloping ground and hills. They also like trees and lakes. I was a townie by habitat and experience. I grew up in the urban sprawl of Newcastle-upon-Tyne, studied in a beautiful Norfolk city, trained and worked in London and developed my career in Reading, Berkshire. When we moved to South Wales and acquired land, we had no idea that we would end up keeping alpacas. It was not part of a grand scheme or plan. When I was young, I had a romantic idea of becoming a vet. The main motivation of the uncomfortable teenager I was at the time was that I didn't like people, but I did like animals. Little did I realise that vets spend a lot of time dealing with people and doing not-so-nice things to animals. It was only later, when we had the alpacas, that I discovered I had a shepherd in me that had just never had an opportunity to be expressed before. I wonder how many others, like me, are out there. First meeting. When did I meet my first alpaca? We occasionally saw some at a distance when walking the dog up in the woods near Reading. Only later did I realise that one of the largest breeders in the UK is based just outside of Reading. So no, it wasn't there, but it could have been. I guess it needs to be the right time. One day, my wife asked me to humour her and look at a website about alpacas. She'd been dropping subtle hints for some time, but I was being rather thick. We did not get to bed early that night as we devoured the detail and still photographs of the website. Our conclusion? We needed to go see some, and therefore organised a visit to a breeder in Devon. We went to see Chaz and Rachel of classical Mile End Alpacas, just for a look, you know. You know what it's like when you're considering something and subconsciously you have already decided... Your language changes from maybe and possibly into much more definite, we're doing this kind of language. As we walked through fields of beautiful alpacas, there was one of the females who stood out. I'm pleased to say she's still part of our herd here now. It was her eyes and presence that particularly caught our attention. Dear Hermione, probably one of the key reasons we now have alpacas. We currently have 40 in the herd, and while I have 40 favourites, some are more favourite than others, and she's one of them. We went away and thought about it. Always a good plan. And eventually ended up buying five pregnant females with a range of bloodlines and in a range of colours. We knew from the start that we wanted to grow a herd rather than just keep a few. It was the beginning of a fascinating journey. First arrivals. They arrived at the end of February 2008 and were a delight from day one. Delivered in a horse box, they were released into their new home and stood grouped together in the middle of the field, all looking in different directions, which is fairly typical. They then watched wistfully as the horse box left. Anyway, it wasn't long before they settled and got used to us and their new routines in their new surroundings. First farm open day. We had our first farm open day that Easter to show them off. I fed them in their corralled area by the stable, while the crowd, mainly faithful, curious friends, stood around the railings. One young lad obviously thought watching them eat was slightly pedestrian, and asked if they did tricks. Hmm, not yet. We learnt how to keep them fed and watered, and waited with anticipation for the babies, known as cria to be born we've carried on with farm open days and have them on bank holiday mondays each year starting with easter first shearing may june is a good time of year to shear depending on the weather you can still get night frost then and without their fleece they can be a bit exposed we decided we would shear our alpacas ourselves so i went on a course and bought the kit This was another of the learning curves we embraced in our alpaca journey. I'm not sure we fully realised what we were taking on. As with many areas of life, things may be simple, but not necessarily easy. Only doing it gives the experience to gain competence, and there will always be more to learn and aspects to get better at. Our girls loved to roll, and the fine grit and dirt meant the combs and cutters became blunt quicker than the textbook told me they should. We got there in the end, but it was a long struggle in our first year of shearing. We will return to this important practical topic in future episodes. Let me talk to you now about first births. Lolana was due first, at least on paper, a lovely light brown female with the most amazing eyes. Another standout when we were looking in earnest and always on our shortlist. For a few weeks before she delivered, the signs and indications were there. Frequent trips to the poop pile sitting down a lot, lifting her tail. She knew we were watching her and kept us waiting. Until finally, a textbook delivery. No waiting up all night for lambing or carving, but eleven o'clock on a sunny day. Straightforward, nothing to do but check the membranes were clear of mouth and nose and treat the umbilical cord to avoid infection. A great start. From cush to stand, to feed. So difficult to do what you need and no more. Try to keep your distance and don't get too hands-on. Unless you have to. Creer births continue to amaze me. The natural instinct and progression. After a while you start to recognise normal and unusual and learn when to step forward to help and when to stand back and wait. Exciting times in our first summer of course the next two mothers or dams hadn't read the textbook and they gave birth at three p.m on a rainy afternoon due dates only a week apart one started giving birth and set the other one off too late to get them inside we used the shelter of trees to give some protection from the rain that and my mother-in-law's umbrella the first one to hit the ground was sniffed by both mothers which rather complicated things since they both claimed the same career as theirs rescued from the rain, and a night in separate pens at opposite ends of the stable, resolved the problem, and bonding was complete. You start with the ideal, and slide down the scale, responding to problems and potential crises as you go, doing the best you can. Training courses help, but usually you're on your own in the moment. One of the biggest lessons from the courses I've been on is knowing when you're out of your depth and haven't the experience to deal with what's in front of you so you can shout for help, such as the vet, sooner rather than later. First, losses. We've been breeding alpacas now for over ten years. There have been many career born and some have been less than straightforward. We have lost some along the way. The aim is to know enough and not to make the same mistake twice. We had a plan for worming, and it was linked to the calendar. Two weeks before we were planning to treat, one of the females suddenly was found to be way out of condition and anemic. Don't over-fuss them, but do make sure you have your hands on them regularly to check body score, especially when they're in winter fleece. The liver fluke season had come earlier that year because of two wet summers. We did what we could, but it was not enough, and we lost her leaving a two-month-old orphaned that we had to manage by bottle feeding. Losses are never easy, and I don't think they should be. Who is this podcast for? That's a good question. In essence, it's for anyone who's passionate about alpacas. You may already own some alpacas or be in the process of acquiring some. You may be considering it and weighing up the implications and possibilities. You may dream that one day, perhaps maybe, if it was possible... Or, you may realise, you're never going to have your own, but you just love them. This podcast is for all of you. Having had over 10 years' experience breeding alpacas, I have enough knowledge to get me into trouble, and sometimes get me out of trouble too. The more you know, the more you know there is to know. But getting started with keeping alpacas is not too difficult. To achieve all you want to is more of a challenge, but is still within reach. We want to help people move beyond the romantic, wishful thinking of cuteness to the realistic, satisfying and rewarding experience of sharing your life with some fascinating animals. Knowing the right questions to ask is more than half the battle. We will be interviewing a wide range of people who keep alpacas, work with alpaca fleece, provide services to other owners such as shearing, fleece processing or training, people who are using alpacas for business activity, walking with alpacas, weddings, associated with holiday lets. The possibilities are many and varied. If you want us to cover something, or have a particular perspective to share, do let me know through the contact details provided in the show notes. We will cover what you need to know to get started, what you need to know before you get started, how to get past your difficulties and frustrations to enjoying your alpacas, how you can make money from your alpacas, identifying the stepping stones to get where you want to go thanks so much for listening i hope you found it interesting and useful i'm so glad that you're joining us on the journey there you go hope you have a good week and if you can go spend some time with an alpaca bye for now